Welcome into the Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And I'm trying out to be an announcer. Go! Bruce Buffer vibes. I like it. You like it? I I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I have a choice. (laughs) No, you don't have a choice. Y'all, I am running on energy drinks and uh, more energy drinks. I don't know. That's it. I'm literally, I'm flying out at like six o'clock in the morning uh, to go to Florida and I'm staying up all night because I'm a night owl anyway and we have to leave to go to the, uh, to go to the airport at 4.30. So. Get to watch your Miami Dolphins play a fantastic game of football against the Ravens. I know. I'm excited. We, we scheduled this before the game started or excuse me, before the season started and I was like yeah Dolphins you know we're gonna be a good team I was looking at like the record I was like okay at worst we'll be like four wins and the Ravens will be you know I figured at worst probably a six and two football team you know maybe seven and one and uh, yeah didn't expect to be two and seven didn't expect to lose to the uh, to the Jaguars and Lions this year uh, that's that right, right? Yeah, no, I, I didn't expect that. At least we beat the, the Texans this week, so we ended a, a seven-game losing streak with a win this past week. Yeah. Now we get to play a Ravens football team. Good thing the Dolphins never struggle against running quarterbacks. Oh, wait. Totally, you're built for that. Oh, yeah. I would say the only thing in your favor is that it's a short week. Yeah, and it's a home game. Yeah, it's, it's a home game. Maybe there's a chance. Listen, we just got off of one of the weirdest weeks in NFL history when it comes to looking at favorites. And, I mean, we're talking, like, if you were looking at it from a betting aspect, we're talking spreads of 5.5 points, 6.5 points, 7.5 more points. And they lost straight up on the money line. So maybe you can have a little bit of, bit of that weirdness carry over into this Thursday night game because the week isn't over, I guess, maybe, for the football gods. I don't know. You just better be praying. Hey, I, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the chance. Listen, it'll be there's, fun to watch. Hope. I can see Lamar Jackson. Uh, I get to wear my my Dolphins jersey, and I get to see my family too. So, like, that's the other aspect of the trip. So it's not all. Look, you're already, you're already finding the ways that it's okay. Yeah, it's now. gonna be. Listen, you. I, you, it, it's a night game, so I have a full day of drinking with my family. So that'll be fun. Uh, you're doing what I do when I go down to Auburn, and it's like like two years ago when we it was the Iron Bowl, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a good experience no matter what, and I'm going to be glad that I in, embarked on this journey. And we won. We won. So I didn't have to care about any of that other bullshit. We won. As long as you win, you're fine. Fuck the journey. Yeah. Who cares about the emotional experience? That's a coping mechanism. That's what that is. Get dubs. Uh, it's my girlfriend's first game, so that'll be fun. Uh, she never roasts me about the Dolphins either, so so that's great. Exactly. Um, she knows nothing about football, doesn't watch the pot or anything, uh, but she knows just enough to piss me off. Like That's, that's a great aspect. Rumor has it. She dated a Dolphins fan because you know you're not getting a ring. Yeah, exactly. There's a button on there for it. Uh, yeah, let's see if this is the one. Nope, that's not it. All right, we won't even try it. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, listen, let's let's get into last week a little bit because we got to talk about it. We talked about it a little bit on our uh, Power Ranking show, which I highly, highly uh, suggest that you go watch that because this, this, this past week ruined our Power Rankings. Um, but really, the one thing that I think came out of this week, it was kind of a balancing act for the AFC in particular because you look at the AFC teams right now, this race is close for some wild card teams. Let alone divisions are wide open for a lot of divisions as well. You know, AFC East. Really, the only division that looks secure is the Titans in the AFC South. Other than that, you have the Ravens with a one game lead in their division. You have the Bills tied with the Patriots in their division, and then you have a four way tie right now. All four teams in the AFC West are five win teams right now. Chiefs, Raiders, uh, uh, Broncos, and uh, and Chargers. Say what you want about any of those teams. They are all mathematically right in the driver's seat for winning that division. Yeah, a lot of good football left to be played. 
The AFC is deep. The NFC has a lot of guys already penciled in for some of these divisions. While we're still, we're at week 10, and we're seeing deep fights to where one through four could be completely flipped head over heels in two different divisions, the AFC North and the AFC West. I don't know how it's going to shake up. We have three teams that are mathematically eliminated. And I don't even know if you're Dolphins. They're not. None the of Dolphins them are. Dolphins aren't even, yeah. yeah even, mathematically, Mathematically, still a the for Texans at 1 and 8 could still get in there. Technically. Uh, yeah, but realistically, you got four teams right now. Uh, Dolphins, Jets, and Jags are, are all two win teams. So, so realistically, they're all out. Obviously, Texans as a one win team, they're probably out. But AFC up from there, literally. Oh, yeah. At that, we have the Colts at 4 and 5. The rest of the NFL is good to go on that. We have the Colts at four and five, and then what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that are five wins right now. Nine teams. Two of those will be division winners theoretically, and the rest, who knows? There's going to be there's going to be some teams missing the playoffs right now that are saying at the end of the day every single person is in the driver's seat and they all control their own destiny minus a few like we said a minus some of the bottom dwellers yeah. there but hey Dolphins could go on a, a run. lot of good ball left to be played there there's does, a chance does 10 you win seven, this week you're three and seven ten, ten and seven makes it ten and seven makes it that's if they go on a run don't lose another game that's not going to happen real like no, obviously no. not ten and seven I do think ten and seven makes it I don't think it does. Really? You think I, I think gonna, down so you think down the stretch six. down the stretch there's what? There's there's uh there's we played not through nine games. We, we have, have eight left. We have eight games eight games left for uh, most teams, so eight eight to seven to eight teams total or seven to eight seven to eight games depending on it, when you've had your bye. And I'm gonna say the good teams left. should be able to handle five to six of those eight games. So five yeah. so add five to six to that and we're talking I mean, yeah, it's you're 10, right. 11. You're right. You you could easily have I, th- I think we're gonna have a lesser a chance for a, a losing record to get in the playoffs this year. Yeah, there's not going to – I mean, do you think – I mean, nah, listen, I could see it going the other way. Listen, I, we'd have to break down how the schedules uh, course, work out, yeah. and we're not going to get into the weeds that far. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if there are three 11-1 teams that, that get divi- that get wild card spots. It there's wouldn't go, surprise going, me if it went well, that way. Because you have so many teams up top that are so close. Exactly. I'm looking at it from the opposite stance and saying that they are just, like, cannibalizing each other. Yeah, that's a good point. there's this we're, – we're at week 16, and we're talking – they're they're still like eight and four, yeah, or a nine, and five, and, yeah. There's nine and six. Yeah. You know, they're all still so close and interchangeable. Who knows? It's going to be fun to watch. It really is. Whoever and wrote the tiebreaker rules is sweating right now at that <laughs> book because they're like, oh, I don't have anything after six. Yeah, it's about to get. It, it's right interesting now. too because you look at like the top two teams. The top team in the AFC right now is the Tennessee Titans, who just lost Derrick Henry. Now, d- the Titans mathematically are looking good for the playoffs. First yes. of all, they're they're the only team, as we said earlier, that are looking like they're going to win their division. They have to worry about the Colts as a four-win team. They have three-game leads and they beat them. Twice, so at worst they have to tie with the Colts. They're not far. A couple more wins th- throughout the year and a couple losses from the Colts. They have it mathematically won, right? Yes. So that that should be taken care of. Outside of that, Ravens at six and two. Who who's going to the Super Bowl out of these teams? Could it's, it be? Could it be? I mean, we're looking at Broncos, Bengals, and Browns are statistically at the bottom of those five win teams that we've been talking about. Are those teams just as good of a chance as Chargers, Bills, and Raiders that are at the top of their five win teams? And this is just how the tiebreakers yeah. work out. I mean, do I do I think that they're as good as them? No. Do I have a lot to support my argument other than looking at last year and certain successes that we see? If you're focusing on this year alone under a microscope, solely looking at the teams right now. It's deep. There's a chance that we could see 
Uh, oh my God! The Broncos making a deep run in the playoffs just because they're able to catch some lucky breaks their way. If you make it to the playoffs, you're two games out from a realistic run. I would say. I mean, that's being in the championship game. Yeah. And then from there, Super Bowl, you're looking at it. So, three games. I mean, it's exactly. You win three games. That's any it. any of these teams have a chance to do that? What what I, what I want to say is that you have the Titans, Ravens, Bills, and and then Chiefs. But we're done with the Chiefs for now. We have to be. Um, if you're anti-Chiefs, get ready though, because them being five and four on a down year is hard to say. Because everyone else is five and four right now, they're still very much in this thing. If there's ever a time for them to have a hiccup, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They can do it now and still win this division, and nobody's talking about what happened at the beginning of the year. The Chiefs can be average for another five games, yeah. and then catch fire, and they win the Super Bowl. Think about it; they're always going to happen, right? Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and all those guys. Lightning's going to strike. It hasn't hit yet, so let them catch fire. And there's nobody, nobody on this earth that follows the game can sit here and tell me that the Chiefs aren't capable of catching fire in Week 16 and running the gauntlet yeah. through the Super Bowl. Everyone came into this year assuming that the fire was already lit, that they were just going to bum rush everybody in the league. We haven't seen that yet. You know, there's been some hiccups. Mahomes not really gelling right now with the whole system, but top to bottom, AFC interchangeable. Interchangeable, interesting, interesting stuff. And then you look at the same, uh, the uh, the uh, the NFC. And it's like, ah. You got a lot of top dogs in the NFC. There's a lot of stones that are not going to be moved. You got the Saints that are 5-3. and They're the only 5-1 team in the NFC total. And you got the Rams, Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, Cardinals, all six or more wins. And then it's like Falcons, Panthers, Vikings. Or Falcons and Panthers have four wins. below 500 in the NFC. That feel, yeah. And 16. And the Panthers and Falcons, they're, you know, in the 20s for us in our power rankings. They feel very unlikely to make make a playoff push by any means. But I mean, realistically, well, they're, they're, they're in right now, right? Yeah, one of them's in. The Falcons are that's, in. That's five. Saints is six, uh, yeah. and Falcons are Falcons be in are at seven. Falcons are ranked at seven. So I mean, you look at your Vikings at nine wins. They have a good shot at making that seven. And I don't think it matters. I really yeah. think it's. I think it's all for show. Whichever team gets that seven spot, you're not. You're not going to beat the Packers, or you know, whichever team gets the the second spot it could yeah. be the Packers, could be the Cardinals, could be the Bucks, could be the Cowboys, could be the Rams. Any one of those teams could end up with that second seed. Who gets to play number seven? To me, that's just an extra buy. You're not. I see, I see one team. Lose. I see one team on that list. It's Seattle Seahawks. They, the Seattle Seahawks team, they could catch fire. with Russell Wilson yep. coming back late. Out of every single team, Falcons down. They're a team that with Russ and that factor, Three they wins. might be able to do it. Three wins, though. I know. No, uh, trust me. They're not looking good, but I'm saying compare that three and they've, wins to they've the, lost the Eagles, the Niners, yeah. you know, the Vikings, all their injuries and whatnot. The, the, in Seattle, with Russell Wilson, is capable of traveling. It's all, it's so interesting how, like, and this is a total, like, change of the conversation completely, but you look at, like, these backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I would have told you at the beginning of the year that Geno Smith was a quality backup, right? Yeah. Russ goes down, and Geno Smith is probably going to be out next year, right? The Geno, the the Seahawks are, are going to be looking for a different backup because they just got proof that Geno Smith can't run the offense without him or can't win games without, uh, you know, at, at, as that yeah, starter. Yeah, you had the answers to what he was. Exactly, right? And then you, but on the other flip side, you see like a Cooper Rush, who I would have told you terrible backup. He he earned a, a paycheck for the next couple of years, I would bet. Even yeah. if even if he doesn't get on the field again, the Cowboys are going to be able to look at that win against the Vikings and say, hey, he played pretty well. Yeah, you had through an interception, moment, but won. other than that, he he played pretty well. He gave your cham- team a chance to win. That's all you need. And then McCoy, Colt McCoy, still in the league. That's winning a game for the yeah. Cardinals, playing well. I was happy to see that. I've always I liked was, yeah, I was kind of had a soft spot for it. Absolutely. It just it's just interesting like this the the you know role of the backup quarterback was like if you keep your head down and your your starter plays the 17 games 
you're pretty much, you know, assuming you have the name, assuming you're performing well in camp and like you're you're kind of solidified in that in that role as the backup, you got another year. It's only when the backup gets hurt do you really have a chance to lose your job or earn a paycheck for the next couple Imagine of years. Imagine the, uh, I guess, the humbling mindset of a backup is to, to look across the league and be like, listen, I don't have to be 1 through 32. <laughs> I have to be better than Trevor Simeon. I have to be better than Cooper Rush. I have to be better than that Geno Smith. I have to be better than Matt Barkley or Mike Glennon, Josh McCown, all of those other names that we've been yeah. so accustomed to hearing backup-wise. Those are the names that they're competing amongst. Hey, that's what Fitzpatrick it's, did for years, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. And then there were times where he would, you know, kind of yeah, rise up into the rankings and be like, he's good, he's there. Yeah, he constantly got his chance, and he constantly, you know, showed that he deserved to be a backup at least. Uh, I don't know. That's a that's a totally off-the-cusp kind of conversation. It's but interesting I thought it was think, interesting. And I never thought we would have this much of a sample size with how many quarterbacks we've had to see out right now. I mean, talk about backups. Mike White played awesome in, in his first start and then gets hurt the next week. And honestly, I think he would have had a good chance of, I felt of so being bad. the yeah, because I mean he was playing well, and look, they put up thirty points against the Colts. Obviously, Colts bull, you know they they boat raced them with forty five points on them. Of course they did. But, but Mike White going down yeah, for a minute there it was really seven seven after an impressive drive from them, yeah. and then he goes down, and it's one of those things where you saw him on the sidelines, and you know he had to be thinking, "Oh my God, you're kidding me! I'm coming off of like." I mean, they put his jersey and, and ball in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was the first rookie next to Cam Newton to come in as, and complete as many passes as he didn't throw for 400 yards. He's already His jersey is in Canton, Ohio right now. That's so And then cool. in, we, in your second start, you hurt your hand, and it's like, yeah. damn. Because if he could have put a good three, four games together, even if Zach Wilson is the starter in, uh, for the Jets, he has a chance to go Someone's compete somewhere. Someone's talking about it in that room. Yes, yeah. he, he has a chance to go compete somewhere, and like he, all you got to do is put good film up. And you put up 400 points a game, or 400 yards and uh, touchdowns, and you really ball out. Doesn't matter who your your young star is, you'll get a chance somewhere. You're right, even if it's, hand yeah, you're, gonna, or you're at least gonna like you you're said, gonna you're gonna get a look somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and then moving on with one more uh, backup, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, Dolphins really regret not keeping uh, Fitzpatrick. Or honestly, yeah. they they really regret last year fumbling the ball and taking Fitzpatrick off the field. They should have let Tua sit for a year, started Tua this year, and kept Fitzpatrick as the backup. I, I really think that's what they should have done. If there was Maybe ever it a time have to think way, where they fumbled their hand, it was that. Yeah, they did a great job masking the fact that they wanted Tua. Because going mm-hmm. back to it, looking before we knew what Herbert was, you know, they did a phenomenal job with playing they their hand Herbert, yeah. into getting Tua and whatnot, and it. Right now, with the way that they, I guess, thrust Tua out there early on, it, it hurt his confidence. It, yeah, I know. I can. Could, eh, could add a lot of the viewers can hopefully yeah. look if you're on YouTube. And if you're listening, I'll just tell you what Justin, John's face is right now. It's not good. Justin Herbert could have been a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Say so he's putting up 400 points a game for the Chargers. Great. It's fun. It's awesome. Love the, it. What, five and three Chargers right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big chilling. Oh my God! All right, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Odell Beckham Jr.'s in the news again. Yeah, um, break it uh, down free, here. Free Odell time. So we talked about it last week's pod. You know, Odell Beckham having some issues with Baker in the offense, and I guess the Browns as a whole. And what do you know? In a matter of a few days, it went from Baker has a problem, which we kind of already knew he had a problem. You know, like there was well, some Baker. Times. Baker didn't have the problem. No, sorry, Odell. Odell sorry, yeah, okay. I misspoke. Yeah, uh, Odell had the problem. And in the next few days, it went from Odell had a problem to the team sends him home from practice to now he's on the waivers and he went unclaimed on waivers. The main reason he went unclaimed on waivers was because he said if the wrong team claims him, there will be issues. That was the only quoted word that got out there was issues. So they're saying the Green Bay Packers are the favorite to get him right now. Um, I'm sure knowing our luck, 
and timing in football news that by the time you hear this, you will already know where Odell goes. So I'm going to go ahead and say I think he's going to be on the Green Bay Packers. I think it's going to be a good fit. I think it's a playmaker, and it is a very, very, very scary thing for anyone else in the NFC. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say I'm looking into the future, and I just I can't believe what the Patriots look like with Odell Beckham and their team go. now. I just, I mean, why not? Let's, let's, let's play this game. I mean, God, the Patriots. So it's just be interesting. They need a, I, they I need would, a starter. Yeah. Uh, Patriots and Packers, I think, are two of the teams, if you were to look at the top dogs, and I, I, I know it might be weird me putting the Patriots in top I dogs. I could put a lot of teams in but, there, though. I could put the Raiders in there. Bills could use them. I mean, Bills don't need them by any means. Yeah. But if you wanted to go to a contender, Bills would use them. Uh, I don't <laughs> think he wants to be anywhere near New York. Let alone Buffalo. That's like I mean that's a good point, but I mean he's I don't know he, he's famous so he could probably he could probably make it. In it New doesn't York. make sense to me because when he know. was on the waivers, he was saying that, not he was saying, but the the leaks that were getting out mm-hmm. was the 49ers and Seattle Seahawks, and but it was also known that Odell wants to go to a contender, so it's like I, I don't under I don't know I just I'm missing the thought process yeah, there. 49ers are three win football team. 49ers right now. are definitely not a contender. Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson playing MVP caliber ball are a contender, but. They already have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and it kind of feels like their whole system does a really good job because they still like to run the ball a lot. So if you're complaining about target shares and whatnot, listen, let's let's not cut it. Baker uh, Odell was the highest targeted receiver on the Browns team. Sure, that wasn't a lot. It, uh, Odell only had what he amassed 17 catches and 200 something yards and a touchdown. That wasn't that much, but no one else in the Browns really did that anyways. That was just their what their identity wasn't. If you would rather, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know a, what he's trying to find. It's a good point. You're absolutely right. Like we really shouldn't over, over like spend too much time on this because he, he is going to probably be signed and we'll know where he's going. Pro- honestly, we'll probably wake up Wednesday morning knowing where he's at. Yeah. And this pod posts Wednesday afternoon. So um, it's going to kind of bad timing. But like I said, it, now I do have this question, not where he goes, but as a whole, do you think Odell is a top 15 wide receiver? No. That was a trending question. No, he's not. He I, 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 let's let's go down the line. Uh, just looking at the teams, and I'm just looking at the NFC right now. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Adams, the two wide receivers for the Bucks. I'll I'll take two wide receivers on the I'm Dallas Cowboys right now. Um, I, I'll take Cooper, Cooper Cup, who's there. killing it right now for the Rams. Uh, Michael Thomas, even though he's not out, we won't even count him. I will. Well, I guess we can't count Calvin Ridley either. So we'll move on from him. DJ Moore is better right now. I, I will say that. Uh, Justin Jefferson is better right now. DK is better right now. I won't even say Lockett, even though like. He is better than I would Lockett. Take, I would take Odell. Yeah, he yeah, is better than Lockett, sure. but Lockett has the better connection. I would I would argue if he was on the Seahawks, Lockett would do better statistically. But I, again, we're at ten right now. Just going through a couple teams in the NFC, that was and then NFC. exactly, and then I mean, I won't even talk about any of the other. Yeah, I'm not looking at anybody else in that rosters. People would argue Allen Robinson. Okay, argue. fine. Allen Robinson at eleven. I, I probably wouldn't argue that. So I, I'm still sit here at ten. But I will say Corey Davis is makes it eleven. Uh, Corey Davis is better right now. Yeah. Not Corey Davis. I'm so sorry. Uh, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. I was looking at the Titans. I was looking at the Titans. I'm sorry. This is my bad. AJ Brown. AJ Brown at 11. Not Corey Davis. He looked at me crazy. I was like, my ass whiplash. (laughs) Said Corey Davis better than Odell. AJ Brown. Some would argue argue, uh, Hollywood Brown. I'm not even going to talk about guys that you could argue. I'm saying guys that I think there is not an argument in my mind. Uh, Keenan Allen is in there 12. Stephon Diggs 13. Uh, Nobody on the Raiders, Steelers. I won't it's say debatable. anybody. I won't Odell's say anybody. Uh, but I, I, I think I, you know. I, I think there's an argument to be made. But I won't say anybody there. Tyree Kill is absolutely better than Odell um, Browns. So I won't say anybody. Jamar the Chase. Browns. Jamar Chase. That, 
I know he's a rookie. I know he's only played nine games. I'm going to make him the 20th quarterback that I've heard. No, that's my 15th right there. Uh, Broncos. I won't say anybody on the Broncos, even though Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, I think, are in the same realm. Uh, and I would, honestly, I would Odell's make arguments. Better. I will say, yeah, I do think Odell's, Odell's a top 15. I do think Odell's better. I stand by it. Um, no, I don't think he's top 15. I named 15 off the top of my head, and I think I could argue about other guys. I think I think there's debates amongst those 15. I, I, Odell, talent-wise, I think that we just have a bad taste in our mouth because— Who of, is there? Who, who did I mention that you could honestly argue? DJ Moore. Uh, I think oh, I, no, DJ Moore's top 10, in my opinion. I, I, Odell's, his ability, his true ability, not fitting into a system, not fitting into this or that or the other. DJ if Moore's looking just, at just right now. Overall ability-wise, Odell Beckham is borderline generational wide receiver talent. He, I, he was four years ago. So, and if, if we're saying, sorry, I, I, no, but exactly. we've gone through this, but four years is, is too long of a time to not be statistically killing it. And at the end of the day, I, like, I don't think statistics are the whole thing. Absolutely, film studying and all these other things, how he does on the field, regardless if the ball goes his way. I'll give you all of that. But at the end of the day, it's been four years since we've seen him really produce as a top 10 wide yeah. receiver. It's, it's been it's, too long listen, to sit here and say the, he's definitely I'm that I'm on guy. the minority uh, right here, as I should be, because like you said, in four years, it's hard to point and say, well, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. But I have seen enough out of Odell. I know the ability that he has. I've seen it. It's it's stupid to say pregame you know, because you can't use pre-game I didn't even warm-ups. Mention, I didn't even mention Debo Samuel, who's killing it. I mean, Debo Samuel. I, there's a lot again, of good I get it. Right like, now, I, but Odell I, is listen. better. Odell's best is better than any of those best. It, it's, best it's, hard, it's hard because Odell fits a different mold than like a Debo Samuel does. Obviously, Debo Samuel doesn't have the top end speed. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know who would be better in a pure route runner. But at the end of the day, Debo Samuel gets open. Debo Samuel puts up a lot of production. So, like, I, I have to count that. At the end of the day, you're, you're a wide receiver. Your worth is how many yards you can put, give your team and how many touchdowns you can give your team. That's your worth. I'm just saying, looking at what we saw out of Odell whenever he was at New York, oh, if you were insane. If, Listen, I, I, I do want to be take clear. A team, can I? I just, yeah. I just want to put this out there because, like, I genuinely believed Odell Beckham was the best wide receiver I had ever seen, or not maybe not ever seen, but at least was the best wide receiver in the league when he was killing it with the with the New York Giants. All right, I 100 believe that. I believed that it was a great trade to go get him. I even believed. I would say two years ago, I still thought he was that guy. It's been too long for me now. That's where I get I'm it. At with it. And it's hard. That's why I almost can't even say the argument because it's like I just have to sit here and be quiet and wait and see because I know what Odell is capable of doing. Does he get the opportunity? I feel like Cleveland was not a good opportunity for him. It wasn't as much as it looked good superstar status, but I said it in our power rankings video. I'll say it again. There is nothing wrong with Odell not being good for Baker and the Browns and the Browns being better off and Baker without Odell. It's okay. It was an ugly divorce. It was a marriage that we thought was going to work because it was like, oh, wow, look at all this superstar talent. It just didn't work. It wasn't. Odell, talent-wise, pure talent, not statistical, not being used in a system, anything. His name should be right along the side of a Tyree Kill, of a Devontae Adams, of a DeAndre Hopkins. He is that talented. I still think he is that talented. I think he, okay. Yeah, that, that is his ceiling. But but right now I take right Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'm just going through yeah, other yeah, names. Terry McLaurin's Terry, on that Terry list. Terry McLaurin is one of those guys who Calvin is. Calvin Ridley I can't mention because he stepped away from football, but would absolutely be on that list. I didn't say Julio Jones because he's had he really hasn't he's had a down year. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm just I'm still like going through going through players that like I would look at and be like, yeah, I'd rather have that guy right now. I and, get I get what you're I saying. Mean, Trust me, <laughs> I get what you're saying. I am on the minority. I have always been an Odell oh, fan. Yeah. Always stuck beside of course, Odell. Of course. I hope that he gets the chance because I really do think that he can be a difference maker. 
Fair enough. Look, I agree. I'm glad we went he that need, way with it. He needs the ball thrown to him in tight spots in those moments where he can be the guy. That that and honestly, he just needs to get those looks short too. He is so electric after the catch. It's it's absurd to think that people have forgotten. Uh, there's some f- new football fans, like you said, four years isn't even new for that matter. You could be following the game and still not really dig deep into the past and be like, Odell's not that good. What are you talking about? Mm. There was a time where you did not talk football and not offense especially and not say Odell. Yeah. He was generational. Totally fair. I think there I, I think, you know, a lot of the names I mentioned are guys that went in the past like two drafts uh, as far as like yeah. young guys. There's just this new crop of wide receivers. It brings the bar up. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it does. Because like, you know, I mentioned a handful. DJ Moore. I wanted to say Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, which I didn't. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. But like those guys, I think have potential. I, I said AJ Brown, like Terry McLaurin, all these guys yeah. that are like still young on it their used first to contract. Be like a top five wide receiver argument. Yeah, now there's, top 25 is a good comp. There's it feels like there is 25 top 15 uh, wide receivers and depending on what you're looking for and, and fit into a scheme and all that, I can find you some guys that'll work. That's why I'm fantasy. There's so it's so deep because you know, there's not one of those guys you would be upset with starting in your lineup every yeah. single week. They're, they're all good. And then I can name I you mean, another yeah, 10, if, 15 if after talk, that. Like stat wise, Michael Pittman's tearing it up right now. You'd rather yeah. have Michael Pittman than Odell technically. When yeah, it comes no, to no, the, yeah, no, I, I, I know there, you're but not, yeah, but absolutely. I'm saying just look at rankings and look at overall leaders and stuff. There's a guy who matches a system and a set and a formation and a this and a that that might look better. Yeah, yeah it's it teams, is. It is. I, interesting I, I, to go I feel like it's a lot different now the way that offenses run. I guess compared to like 15 years ago, it was just like, do you, can you get this? Do you have that? Do you have that? I don't know. I'm sure it was as in depth, but it just doesn't feel as. Mm-hmm. It, and nowadays, it feels different. You know, like like you mentioned, certain guys matching certain schemes and systems a lot better like DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is a phenomenal route runner. He is a he does great things in that passing attack and system. I don't know if it translates to another one necessarily, but for his value there, he is a top 15 product in yeah, the league. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on, and we're gonna finish this with a little bit of self promotion. Uh, did a video last uh, last week or last night, then fin- finished it up last night. Posted it today on Javante Williams. All right, the and j- it's a new series that I'm trying to do. Rookie watch, kind of just getting back into draft season and, and looking at it like that. Javante Williams been tearing it up from a uh, stats perspective. All right, and I, I want to go through this couple stats that I mentioned in the video, and then uh, bring the question over to you and uh, what to expect from him and some of the other younger running backs in the league looking a little bit ahead to next year if you're in like dynasty leagues or anything like that. Um, You look at Javante Williams through nine weeks. He's ranked sixth in yards after contact per attempt with a minimum 50 attempts. He is second in the league in elusive rating and second in the league in breakaway percentage. Uh, Now, as far as rookies, he is ranked behind Najee Harris and Elijah Mitchell in total yards right now on the ground at least, but he is far more efficient. He is the PFF 15th highest graded rookie in the total class, not just running backs, definitely not just running backs, the entire class. Dude has been incredibly effective. He has some like splashy, holy shit plays. You saw one against the Cowboys last week. He had a good one against the Ravens. Um, This dude, I think, is legit. Uh, You look at Melvin Gordon. This is the last year of his contract. Probably going to have to move on this year with Javante Williams playing the way he is. Is is the future of the running back position, and this is more of a fantasy uh, conversation. Is Javante Williams in that conversation? Who else of the young running backs are you expecting to be stars coming up soon? Yes, I look at Javante for sure. Najee, if you have some stock of Najee, I'm sure you're happy with it. I will argue that fantasy-wise it has been phenomenal. On the field-wise, there has been times where I feel like the Steelers play so much small ball that he just gets to be the benefactor where 
I think that if you put, and I've said this before, if you put E.T. in, if he wasn't hurt, or if you put Javante Williams there, or if you put even Michael Carter, name the running back that you want there, there is going to be production solely because of the role that they've asked you to do, which is catch. I mean, there was a game where Najee got targeted almost 22 times a game. I think it was 22 times a game. That is absurd for running back numbers. So he's still, but he's still killing it where he's at right there. Um, but I think Javante and Najee are the two going forward right now. I, I love Travis Etienne, but you, you know you got to see how he bounces back from that injury. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of running back turnover right now, and you know when it comes to fantasy approach, I am completely out on the running back. Get me some of those guys. Wide receivers is the <laughs> meta. You get wide receivers right now with how deep it is. It can overpower having some of these lackluster star running backs because we've seen a lot of the top dogs not really performed like that. Derrick Henry, of course, was running laps over people. Unfortunately, he was hurt. Aaron Jones has had good games at times. He's been kind of, I'm talking purely fancy right now, not mm-hmm. not real, you know, playing X's and O's football. Um, a lot of guys, though, just haven't been hitting. Christian McCaffrey. Hurt. Let's talk about that. Talk about the transition behind McCaffrey and saying that Adrian Peterson, since 2018, has as many 20, has more 20-yard rushes than McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. AP's been a journeyman backup since 2018. And that's saying that McCaffrey just does not stay healthy. What do you do there? What do you do if you're sitting there next year and it's like, would you rather me have some Javante Williams or would you rather have McCaffrey, who you know what he can be? But right now I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys who had that number one pick who made the move that they didn't want to make because they knew the outcome, but they had to make it. And that was take McCaffrey. Yeah, listen, I I get it. But you you look at McCaffrey, like, they're kind of stuck with him over the next couple years. So, fantasy-wise, he should be productive. But No, and he's only 25. But this this is why you don't pay a running back $16 a year, because he gets hit 25, 30 times a game. And especially if you use him the way they use him, it's going to happen. And obviously, it was just a hamstring thing. Not not a lot you can really do about that. That that shit just happens. But it lingers. But, I mean, it lingers. You have him contractually until 2026. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what the Panthers do there. Uh, Listen, I, I absolutely agree. I, I look at uh, rumor that they were going to trade him to the Texans for Deshaun in, in a massive yeah, yeah, deal. That that a massive, massive deal. deal got out. Uh, yeah. But man, I, I also look. I think Zeke has lost a step. Zeke statistically, or at least efficiency metrics, looking at, at the efficiency metrics, Tony Pollard is outproducing Zeke a better play. in every category, pretty much. He, he's outperforming in every single category. That's between the tackles. That's outside the tackles. That's, I would argue pass blocking, but if I'm sitting here arguing pass blocking, uh, yeah, over, yeah, you're yeah. you're in a bad. I've already I've already <laughs> lost. I've already lost my argument if I'm 26. saying let's pay the $90 million yeah. contract for a pass block. And, it, and it's amazing because he's 26. He's our age. He was born the same year we were. Yeah. And he's old as fuck now just because of well, how they're running. He's old when it comes to the running, running back shelf He's old life. as a running yes. back. He's running, old as a running back, back shelf He life. doesn't have another four years in the tank. I, I would be shocked if he does. Let's go back a few years and talk about David Johnson. Exactly. He was <laughs> on top of the world. Fantasy-wise, real-life, NFL-wise, yeah, for those last five weeks of the season, and everyone was like, it's the guy. Got to get him. Got to go get him. I think he had a good year after that, too. He had one He had one full badass season in the NFL. And then after that, it's it's a, it's a flash. It's a spark in the pan. And when you get it, that's that's how you get to see generational talent, is whenever they're able to do it. Like someone, yeah. let's say, like an Adrian Peterson, or even a Frank Gore was able yeah. to do for so, so long, being so consistent deep into your 30s. All right, before we end it, I do want to go back to this because you mentioned it, and, and I, I touched on it a little bit in the video, but I want to expand on it now. 
efficiency wise the there's there's really statistically there's no argument that uh, Javante Williams has been better than Najee Harris now there's a lot that goes into it obviously the the Broncos offensive line run blocking has been pretty good overall like when you would go back and watch the games which they have I a did. decent line yeah it's, it's been pretty good for him Melvin Gordon has played really well as well he's splitting carries 50 50 so he's not getting as much wear and tear so all of those things go into effect when I when I bring up this question or statement I guess I think Javante Williams is a better running back than Najee Harris in the NFL. I, he wasn't a better prospect. I had Najee Harris ranked higher than, but I was close. I did have it close even coming into the class. I know uh, that I, I understand that there's going to be a jolt there. I understand like how that sounds. It, that's it's, why I'm a smiling. Bold, yeah. it's a bold statement. And that's why I save it for the end. So like, you know, really the people that know me can at least hear me say that and, and not just anybody clicking on the video hear me say crazy shit. Um, I'm not saying he is. I'm not sitting here saying that, that it's a lock that's over that like I'm not slamming my fist saying you're stupid if you think otherwise. But I, I am broaching the subject that Javante Williams might be the better running back of Najee Harris. Other things that go into the fact for me thinking that. Watching Najee Harris, he does not have the horses. He does not have the getting go. Obviously, he has the long speed. He's a fast player. I'm not saying taking that away. But his his you know, he looks like it takes him a second to get going, right? That's been a that's bothered me a lot. He's still a good running back. He's big, strong, can hit the hole and and obviously fall forward and all these you know, I don't mean fall forward, but like he he can hit the hole and carry people forward, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But so can Javante, and Javante has horses too. So I, the way that I would look at it to defend you would be the, the utilization of the running back in the Pittsburgh scheme, Javante Williams, I think, could do more. Uh, that's a great, yeah, that would be and my the, argument. And there's nothing wrong in saying that. We've yeah. said it before. It's the Clyde Edwards experiment. It's whatever that was. Yeah. When Clyde went to the Chiefs, it didn't matter if it was Clyde, if it was J.K. Dobbins, if it was DeAndre Swift, DeCam Makers came out that year, whoever the hell else yeah. came out that yeah. year. Everybody. You name that running back that went to the Chiefs system, and we said, well, there's your argument for that. They're mm-hmm. going to do good. You know, Clyde's been banged up and whatnot, but it really hasn't been. This year has been a down year for sure on the Clyde yeah. experiment. But last year, there was production there. It wasn't what you thought it would be fantasy-wise. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, first-round pick wasn't, running it back. It wasn't that, but, but you yeah. knew that the running back going to that system was going to put up numbers. And in this case for Pittsburgh, with what they're asking to do, one cut running back, you know, you catch a ton of looks, a ton of swing passes, ton of checkdowns. Yeah, I mean, I think Javante could do just as much, if not more, than what Najee's yeah. doing right now. Yeah. I will say redraft method, Najee is more my like prototypical running back that I would like to build off of, but I loved Javante coming into this class. Okay. Keep in mind, E-Team was my number one, so I still have to sit here and be quiet. Yeah, no, E-Team was my number one too, and I thought there was a gap. I really did. Like Going back, like I, you go look at my video because I, I put up my top five. I put up my top five because my top ten made me look a lot dumber than my top five did. Yeah. <laughs> I had some weird names in the I, top I, ten. I feel like E-Team um, gives me like a, a really, really different, ver- not different, but a knockoff version of like what McCaffrey can be. No yeah. joke, if you were to compare C- I think he can and be a Le'Veon that, Bell. And, and the way that the league is nowadays, that means more than some of these others. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I, I'm worried about Travis Heating coming back off of a really, really tough injury. Like, that's that's an injury that really does affect, you know, skilled players um, tremendously. Yeah, when you're running so back, we, you don't want years to Yeah, Yeah, we, we could see this being like a two-year like to fully healthy type of thing. And then also... You know, Robinson's been playing great, so you wonder what the uh, numbers are going to be. I I do want to be clear. I do think uh, Najee Harris over the next four years will be a better fantasy statistical running back. I do think, you know, if we have a four-year sample size and Javante Williams is still being the more effective runner, 
I'll sit here and tell you that he's the better running back. Because to me, just eye test, I do Javante think he's a better looks, player. Javante looks like a more physical, better runner right now with what I've seen. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he is. That's that's what I'm saying. And listen, he's the rookie. They played nine games, so this is an almost this is in at its core an overreaction conversation. I'm not saying yeah. Najee can not grow into what his full potential is. I don't think we've seen what his full potential can be as so far. And that does scare me when you're a running back, just because you have such a short shelf life and you have such a shorter I'm amount not of time him to get uh, to that on point. That. I, I think he's I think he's gonna do really, no, really I, good. I do, I do. I, I do think he's gonna be really good. What I'm I guess what I'm saying is like he's had the opportunity to be like the number one running back in the class, For right? Sure. You know what I mean? Fantasy wise anyway. And he hasn't quite been that, but the offense hasn't been as good and like there's other factors. I don't there. like that. I, I, I think the show. Broncos have a better offensive line than the Steelers right now. Oh, sadly. oh it's not yeah. even close. It's yeah. bad. It, no, was, and that's are, a fair conversation too. Yeah. Like that's a big part of it. And also, you know, the other part of it is Najee has to carry the entire load while Javante gets to split pretty much 50-50 right down the he middle with a Melvin Gordon and Melvin Gordon, you know, style stylistic wise, they run the same. So he's learning from, you know, a guy who is him, essentially, as far as, like, what Javante Williams can be in the NFL. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was worth bringing up. I wanted to bring it up really just to kind of say, hey, go watch my Javante Williams video breakdown, and uh, hey, appreciate you guys listening. I guess we'll close it out right That's there. It. Interesting conversation. Closing a little bit short. I gotta get this video edited and out. Uh, gonna be on a plane in a couple hours, so. Seven. Peace. <laughs>